Kowalski. And we're back. Uh, we got Ken here. I am joined by Vince. He's been on before. He's the man of the people. He's the people's voice when it comes to any sort of Rangers reporting. Uh, I love what this guy's done since he stepped in. He's hopped on a podcast last year. It's been great. Uh, Vince, how's it going, man? It's been a while. It's been it's been busy, man. It's been fun. I had about 10 minutes of just hanging around the house waiting for some hockey. I, I did get three games over the summer, but that was that was pretty quick uh, in and out there for the for the bubble thing. And now, I mean, it's been a week of just of just craziness, you know, camp every day and Zoom calls every day with players and Quinn. And it's been fun, though. I mean, you know, after 10 months of just kind of waiting for what was next and not knowing what was going to happen, this is this is what you signed up for. So this is, or most of what I signed up for, I should say, because I'm doing everything from home still, which is kind of weird. I'm not at the rink. I will be at MSG on Thursday night for the opener, but you know, it's, I'm, I'm adjusting to this doing everything from home stuff, but uh, at least we're, we're talking hockey. I'm watching hockey and, and it's been fun. Oh, I, I am so excited to get going. And honestly, before we get into the Rangers, I, I wanted to ask you this member of the media, Last year, you're hanging out with the players. You're in the locker room. You're asking questions. You kind of get like that a little bit more intimate, I guess, vibe with the players. You develop these relationships. This year, COVID's happening. You guys are all on Zoom calls. Um, I, I'm sure it's it's a major adjustment. What what's life been like for you in terms of that? Like what what's been like the biggest hurdle, I guess, for you? Is it just not being able to be with the players? Is it not really being able to see what's going on at the rink? Uh, like what's, what's the number one thing that has been a struggle, I guess. Cause it can't be the same as it was last year. No, it's totally different. And you know, I get asked this all the time. And, and the disclaimer I always say is like, listen, I'm not complaining. No. I, I'm still, I got a job. I'm happy to be working. I'm happy to be covering hockey. A lot of people have it a lot worse. Uh, and obviously it's understandable why they're taking all these precautions right now. Like I'm not begrudging the league or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, it is it is night and day. It is so much more difficult to do this job. Like in last year before the pandemic, let's just say, if anything happened with any player on any day, I was in the locker room every single day. So all I had to do was walk up to the player and ask him about it. And it didn't always have to be out in the open for everybody to hear. It could be on the record. It could be off the record. It could be casual conversation. Like you said, building relationships, getting to know guys. And now it's just totally different. I mean, now you basically like you have to go through the team for almost everything. I mean, there are some guys that I have ways to get in contact with and can text with here and there. But for the most part, you're going through the team for everything. Everything is done on Zoom and it's almost always a group Zoom. So it's not just you having a one on one conversation with the player. It's countless other reporters in there. So that's another thing is it makes it harder to kind of be unique because we're all hearing the same questions. We're all using the same quotes. It kind of forces people in some ways to write similar things every day. Now, I really have been trying, and this has tested me in a lot of ways, to get creative with my content and not try to do the run-of-the-mill stuff every day. Um, you know, I basically had 10 months of, like I said, only three hockey games. So I really had to reach into my bag of tricks and try to come up with, you know, cool new ways to do content, including launching the podcast and trying to do a lot of different things uh, just to keep engaging with the fans and, and keep talking hockey in any way I could. But yeah, it's totally different. And then, you know, not being at the rink for practice, like 
I'm grateful that they've set up this live stream that it seems like only a few reporters have access to. So it is kind of cool that I'm getting a glimpse of what, you know, pretty much nobody else can see, but you're reliant on this camera that's at center ice and it doesn't always follow the play properly. Like when I'm at the rink myself prior to the pandemic, I could wander a little bit. If I was trying to pay attention to one guy in particular, I could do that. I could, you know, break out my phone and take videos and stuff like that. So it, it is it is totally, totally different. Um, and it definitely it makes the job a lot more challenging. There's no doubt about that. And, and you know, the biggest thing is just the access. We just don't have the access that we had before. Now, you you kind of touched on this a little bit. The Rangers aren't really releasing anything in terms of scrimmages. Like the, if somebody has a cool play, they'll rip up a video, whatever. If you look at teams like Toronto, they, they, everything's on TV. Has that been a question for you guys? Like, why why is this more of a, granted towards the public? Like, has anybody actually answered that yet? Or is it just the Rangers want to be internal about it? They don't want to give up any strategy, I guess? Like, what what's it, what's the mindset from the team in terms of that? Because I know us fans, like, I would have done some really weird shit to be able to watch, the, like, the last couple of scrimmages, you know? Yeah, well, suffice to say, the Rangers don't take any, like, marketing advice from me, and I'm not giving them any marketing <laughs> advice, but I obviously have asked the question. I mean, I get every day for these practices, especially for the the two nighttime scrimmages that they did, fans are begging for that stuff. And I, for me, it would make a lot of sense for them to put it out there. Right. I asked them about it. They said that they looked into it. Uh, but I know the facility is locked down tight right now and they are not allowing any extra people in there. So they felt like cool. if they put it out there, they would want the quality to be, you know, at least decent right. enough where they felt good about it. And they didn't feel like they could put out the scrimmage, you know, of the quality that they would like. Now, I know that fans, even the webcam or whatever it is that I'm watching, I know fans would love to see that. But the Rangers opt not to do that. I, I think. You know, it, it's a it's a team by team choice. You know, some teams also, I would say, might have a coach who might feel like I don't want everybody watching this stuff. You know, I don't want to give away all my secrets. I don't know if that's a position that David Quinn has taken, but I do. I w can tell you that I asked the Rangers, like, why aren't you doing this? And I was basically told we looked into it, but we just we just didn't think that we could put it out there, you know, of the quality that we would like to put it out there with. And, you know, it's just something that they're not going to do. So it's kind of unfortunate, but, you know, we're going to have games here in just a few days. And like I said, I've been doing my best. Some people that follow me are probably annoyed with all these practice updates, but I've been doing my best to kind of be the eyes for the fans and, and let you guys know what I'm seeing. No, and that's what, and I, as a Rangers fan, that's what I appreciate. It's been years since, like, and we've all had like the same questions and our questions would never be asked by people in the media now you come along, we're like, hey, Vince, can you you want to ask this for us, man? And like every once in a while we hear it and we appreciate it, man. And before we started this podcast, I, I, I was gonna, I told you I'm not really prepared because pre prepared-wise, I follow you. So I see all the things that you're coming out with, your lines and stuff. So if I'm prepared in that sense, I am. But you said that you think the Rangers pretty much have their lines finalized. Let's dive into that a little bit today. Uh, tell us what you have on this. Well, I, I think the really tell, I mean, I've been watching every day and I've been kind of figuring this out as we go along through the first week of camp. But the really telling thing today on Monday is that they broke up the practice groups. They've had two practice groups every day, but a lot of times it's been a mix, like equal right. NHL guys on both sides. Today, it was very clearly line in the sand. You started with what you could call, I guess, the JV group. And then the varsity group will come later. And the varsity group looks like it's going to be 22 guys. So the story that I just put out there, I'll plug the website, loha.com slash sports slash Rangers, uh, is basically what it looks like the 22-man roster is going to be. 
And the lines, like if you want, I can run through them quickly. It's it, The top three are exactly what we expect. It's going to be Miko, Booch, and Kreider on the top line. Panarin, Strom, and Kako on the second line. The all-kids line or first-round picks line, whatever you want to call it, the third line is Lafreniere, Hedl, and Gautier. And then the fourth line, which is really the only spot where there's been right. competition. Yeah. Uh, it looks like there's going to be four forwards who make that roster. And I, I don't know if they're going to you know have three guys set in there with one as a healthy scratch, or I could see Quinn rotating them a little bit as well. But it looks like the four guys will be Lemieux, uh, Howden, Rooney, and DiGiuseppe. Uh, you know, I think Di Giuseppe in particular was kind of on the cusp and he had a good camp. Uh, so I, I feel like he kind of earned his spot and worked his way in there. Uh, and then the defensemen, the pairings. Now, this is obviously the big headline is that it looks like Truba and Keandre Miller are going to be a pairing, which, you know, I came into camp thinking like, you know, if Miller has a good camp, he could maybe make the team. But I did not see him in the top four. No. And then the the crazy thing is the Rangers started camp with this big, you know, they made kind of a big deal about we're moving Tony to the left side. Right. You know, we're going to pair D'Angelo with Truba. And then, you know, I don't think they're going to come out and say it this way, but they did not have a good night in that first scrimmage on Thursday. It was like 6-1 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think clearly whether it was based on that scrimmage or based on the first four days of practice, they didn't like what they saw enough from that. They were really liking what they saw from Keandre. And now it's pretty shocking that they, I think they're going to go into the season with a 20 year old rookie, although he'll be 21 like later in the month, but a 20 year old rookie and Truba as one of the pairs Lindgren Fox, which we knew was going to happen. And then, Tony. sorry, who's going to be with Tony now? Well, that's the thing. So the last couple of days he's been with Jack Johnson. I kind of think that will be the bottom pair. Like basically I think Tony will play the similar role that he played last year where he's a bottom pair defenseman. So in terms of even strength ice time, he's going to be way behind guys like Truba and Fox, but he's going to run the power play. And that's where he'll get a lot of his points and make a lot of his contributions. That does make sense though. Cause last year, Tony spent a fair amount of time with Mark Stahl, correct? So it's, it's almost like Mark Stahl's gone <laughs> Jack Johnson's in. Like, it kind of yeah. like that would be the trade-off. Okay. All right. That's something I'm all right with, I suppose. And then and then Brendan Smith is practicing with that varsity group as well. So maybe you could see, like, Smith and Johnson kind of coming in and out of the lineup with one of them being a scratch, one of them being in the lineup. Uh, but that's what – it looks like maybe a 22-man roster right now. And then in the story that I put out, I kind of, you know, dove into what I think the taxi squad will be now too. And that's where you could see guys like Morgan Barron, Colin Blackwell, Anthony Boteto, Libor Hayek. So uh, that that's what it's looking like right now. How did uh, – how did Morgan Barron's camp look? Because I, I know he won the defensive uh, player of the year at Cornell. Like, this is a, a prospect that – not a first-round pick. I'm pretty sure third-round pick. I might have made that up in my head. I, I think I think sixth-round. Sixth-round pick. Okay, yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, kind of comes out of nowhere. I saw that you had a, a tweet at one point or, – or somebody had a tweet at one point that you took the run at Howden, gave him a pretty good body check. It seemed like I, he was instilling himself like, okay, I'm here to compete. What did you have on his camp? Did, did he impress you? Did he stand out? Um, is this a player that you think could end up being a New York Ranger for, you know, a bit? I definitely think in the long run, the Rangers see him as like a really solid bottom six guy who can do everything, you know, be a PK guy, contribute some points here and there. I almost look him in, look at him in the long run as like a little bit of a better version of Brett Howden. But it did seem like coming into camp, him and Howden were almost directly in competition with each other. And and the first couple of days, I thought that maybe Barron looked a little bit better, but Howden 
and and granted, he got a he got a big opportunity to play with Kreider and Booch, which right. is going to make anybody look better. But Howden had a good camp. Like there's there's no denying. I think Howden had a better camp than last year at camp. I did not think that he really did much to stand out. This year he had a good camp, scored a couple goals, you know, in the scrimmages and 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 put some points up. And, and you know, he's he's a guy that they trust that they feel like is going to be defensively responsible. I know the fans give him a hard time. And listen, he's going to play a fourth line role. Like I think I wrote about this in the off season. I, I think it would be a mistake to force him into a third or even like second line role. I don't think he's proven enough to get that kind of an assignment, but he, I think did enough to, to prove to the Rangers that he's at least worthy of a fourth line role to start the season and, and probably surpassed Barron, especially in the last few practices and scrimmages. And uh, I think he'll be on the taxi squad. The other thing with him is, you know, not to get too into the technical stuff, but the performance bonuses, if you carry him on the roster to start the season, he ups their cap charge quite a bit and would be difficult for them to fit. So I think that's a factor as well. I think Barron probably starts on the taxi squad, maybe eventually gets some AHL playing time. I know everybody wants the prospects to go right into the NHL, uh, like we're seeing with Keandre Miller, but I think Barron might end up playing some AHL time. And then I think definitely at some point this season, you'll see him in the NHL. Awesome. Now, I, I love hearing that, by the way. Uh, I, give him a little season in the AHL, figure it out. There were two stories that came out in the post recently that I wanted to pick your brain about. One was that Ryan Boyle might be heading back to Broadway. I guess the Rangers had some talks with the big man. Personally, I would love it. I think as a fourth-line type player in and out of lineup block shots, you lost Stahl, you lost Lumquish. you need that kind of leader-type role who's been there. He's done that. He's played in big games, and I thought he was great for the Rangers. That's the first one. And then the second one is there's – a lot of Pierre Luc Dubois stuff coming out of Columbus with him not being too thrilled about being in uh, in Columbus with Torch and how the Rangers might be involved. And I know Larry Brooks kind of wrote about like you might have to ship out Capo. All these things. Are there is there still buzz about this going around around the uh, Zoom calls or anything along those lines? Have you heard anything? Uh, yeah. Is big man from Hingham, Mass, coming back to <laughs> back to New York. Like what what's going on with this? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I obviously asked Randall about it a little bit. Uh, the Boyle thing, I think, might be a little overblown. The Rangers the Rangers think highly of him. They have a soft spot for him. He's well-respected in the organization. But I think that all that was was that, you know, the Rangers placed a call to his agent just to check in on him and see kind of what was going on with him. I don't think they made a contract offer or anything like that from what I understand. So, you know, and we, we've talked about this fourth-line competition, like, you know, these are obviously guys that are not as proven as Brian Boyle, but the Rangers basically had like six guys competing for three spots in the fourth line right now. So, you know, Boyle might, I'm sure you could, you know, with the experience and, and all that, I'm sure you could say he might be a slight upgrade, but they're also trying to develop some of these young guys right now. And I don't think there's a glaring need for a fourth line guy like him right now. They brought in Kevin Rooney. They they brought in Colin Blackwell. Those guys kind of fit that same profile of like fourth line centers that you could plug in. Uh, so I, the Boyle thing, I don't think there's too much there to that. The Dubois thing is obviously interesting. I mean, the, the Rangers, we know in the long run, are still trying to figure out who their second line center is going to be behind Mika. And Dubois would be like a dream come true for them. One minute. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, the price tag would obviously be high, as you touched on. I think that, you know, you'd probably have to talk about like a first round pick a prospect like Kratzoff or Lundqvist, you know, one of those highly touted guys plus. Uh, so I don't know if the Rangers are willing to pay that right now. I'm sure that they are interested and I'm sure that they've made phone calls. I think Jeff Corton makes phone calls on pretty much everything. Uh, but, 
you know, would Columbus be willing to, you know, next year they'll be back in the same div- division, presumably. Would Columbus prefer to trade him outside of their own division? Uh, if if they were going to trade him in the division, does that raise the price tag? So I don't think there's anything imminent there, but I, I do, I would probably say with confidence that if he was available, the Rangers would definitely be interested. Uh, but I, I, you know, I'm not expecting like a trade announcement tomorrow or anything like that. And now of course it'll happen. And then everyone will tell me how wrong I am. <laughs> that's how it normally works. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So who, uh, not to put you on the spot, give me two players this year that you've seen throughout camp that you think are going to have a bit of a, Oh wow. Kind of year. Like who are, who are two players that you're looking at that kind of over, I guess overperformed a little bit or just impressed that you not normally would expect. I'm, I am so excited to watch Julian Gauthier. The guy put up 27 goals, 25 goals, I think, for uh, in the AHL for Carolina's organization. We got to see only just a little bit of him, right, because he got traded to the Rangers. Then we had that long break. Then we saw him for three games. Kid can wheel. I'm excited about him. But I know uh, David Quinn's been talking about Buchnevich, how this has been the best camp that he's had. Who for you? Who Who is the player that you think is going to stand out this year? Somebody that kind of like an, oh, shit, I didn't see that happening. Well, they, we talked about him first. Miller has been a guy that stood out to me a lot over the summer, stood out to me a lot now. And obviously they're putting him. Skating? Like, uh, to you, like, how is he standing out to you? So us fans, when we're watching him, we're like, holy shit. Like, okay, now I see what he's talking about. Dude, he is massive on skates and he moves. I tweeted this last night. He moves effortlessly. Like, he's so smooth. Like, you see him go coast to coast and it's like, it looks like he doesn't break a sweat. He's just... He's so natural on skates. And I talked to, I on my own podcast, I had uh, the Wisconsin coach, Tony Granato, last month. And, you know, he that's like one of the things that everybody I've talked to about him, even before I saw him play, you know, up close and personal, was that like physically the dude is so big and you will be shocked with like his mobile, his mobility and how well he moves. Uh, so I think that's the, the one of the big things. And then, you know, Quinn touched on it last night. Like his reach is just ridiculous. Like there was a, there was a there there was a little bit of a scrambly situation in front of the uh, in front of the net last night where I forget who it was but somebody was trying to make a pass and there was a guy who for a brief second looked like he was open like in the slot like ready to kind of you know get a nice look at a one timer and then all of a sudden Miller's stick is in there and he knocked the puck like back up into the neutral zone and started things going the other way so the reach the the way he moves the skill I mean he handles the puck well he ma- he makes pretty good outlet passes. He hasn't really like put a ton of shots on goal uh, or, or really scored much during this camp, but I think that will come. I think his focus and the Rangers' focus with him, like their big question was, can you defend at this level? We know you move well. We know you've got the size. We know you've got the skill. But like, can you handle defending the best forwards in the world? And I think that has clearly been something he's trying to show them. And Quinn has been, I mean, just raving about him. And he oh. talked a lot about having him and Truba on the ice together because you know, Miller is their biggest defenseman, but Truba is probably their second biggest guy, like just how much space they'll take up together. Um, so that's, that's, you know, Miller just, you'll see when you get to watch him play, like the way this guy moves and the way, how big he looks out there are the biggest things. And then he just seems to be showing more maturity than we expected. You touched on Booch. I mean, Booch looks awesome to me and Quinn, like Quinn's been really hard on him. It's kind of been a running joke with like Quinn and the reporters is he calls him captain happy. And, um, but like he even had Booch on the PK, uh, last night, uh, last season, it was a joke that they got a too many men on the ice penalty because Booch tried to jump out there during a PK and Quinn was like, we're never going to use you on the PK, <laughs> you know? 
But yeah. then last night, last, and he was making plays. So like Booch, I think, is really like maturing, kind of becoming a little more of a vocal leader. Just he uh-huh. looks more confident out there. Uh, and, and if he's if he really you know that top line, I think once they get Mika back, because Kreider and Booch both had really good camps. If Mika's back and like ready to go 100, you feel really good about that top line. And then you know the third line, I'm obviously fascinated to see how Lafreniere does. Hedl, I think, had his moments. And then Gautier, the skill is all there. Everybody I talk to about him is like, there's no reason this guy shouldn't be a high-quality NHL player. He just needs the opportunity. And, and I, I I mentioned this in the offseason that, like, you know, the Rangers kind of put him on the fourth line last year. He was playing, like, eight minutes a night. Like, right. if, you, if you made that trade, you gave up a big prospect in Joey Keane to get him, you need to see what he has. And, and I'm kind of glad to see that they're giving them the opportunity on that third line. He made... A, the the Lafreniere goal got a lot of attention last night, and, and rightfully so. But Gautier made the play, like got absorbed a hit, still managed to keep the puck on his stick, and while he's falling to the ice, makes the pass ahead to Lafreniere that ended up resulting in the goal. So uh, I wouldn't say Gautier had like a huge standout camp, but I just look at him as an important player. Um, I mean, we could go down the line, but yeah, th- those are those are definitely good examples. Uh as La- tell us about Lafreniere. What have you seen from him? First overall pick. Uh, touch on him a little bit, and then also touch on Kapokako. It kind of seems like you know he was he was our prized possession last year, right? Like he was the new toy. Now we have the first overall pick. Do you think Kapo's kind of settled in? Do you think it's maybe eased the pressure off of him a little bit? Just what do you, what do you have on both of these players, and like what we can expect to see? Yeah, I, I, I definitely I, – I said this to Quinn last night. It feels like nobody's talking about Kako right now. Last, last year, camp was all about Kako, and now he's really kind of flying under the radar, which might be good for him because I feel like, you know, he credit to him, he has learned English in like a year and a half, and he's, he's doing really well with it. But he was constantly answering questions and being badgered last year, and I think that, that this year, especially with us not being in the locker room, he's able to just kind of go about his business – he definitely looks bigger and stronger. He said he worked on his skating. You know, he he's, he he knew one of his the glaring things with him last year was he needed to get faster. Uh, so you know, who knows how much faster he'll be? But I know that's something that he worked on. And I, I, he's had he's had a couple of good days where I felt like he stood out. He hasn't been scoring a ton. He's actually Igor stopped him a couple times last night. And I know a lot of times he he gets down on himself if the puck isn't going in the net because he's just always been known as a scorer and prides yeah. himself on that. But He's got the opportunity now. I mean, it's really sink or swim for him. Like playing with Panarin and Strom, if if you're going to take off, that's that's the time to do it. Last year, everybody complained about he's buried on the third line. You know, he's playing with these guys that aren't that skilled. Now he is playing with guys that are skilled. And so it's kind of put up or shut up time. I know he's only 19. So like right. this isn't a make or break season for his career. But I do feel like the opportunity is there for him to make a big jump because he struggled last year. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, and then for, for Lafreniere, look, I, I feel like, you know, everybody wants to know, like every movement he makes, can you describe every shift to us? Like, listen, he's getting his feet wet he, he talked about the pace, not only the speed of the game physically, but having to think the game faster, he's totally capable of doing that. But like, he's had some shifts where there's nothing that jumps out to you as crazy, but he's also had flashes like the goal last night. He's made some really, he's made some really like the vision and the passing like that, I think is what stood out the most. He made a pass in the scrimmage the other night that set up Heedle for the one timer. That was just know that he was there. Yeah. That was unreal. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I mean the flash there for me, 
and I, this is not like breaking news. I mean, any scout I'm sure would tell you this, but for me, like I'm expecting more out of him than what we got out of Kako last year. Um, so yeah, he, I, I think he's going to, I, you know, I'm not going to go predicting like a point per game or anything crazy like that from him, but I think that he is going to adjust fairly quickly. And I definitely think that he's one of those guys that you're just going to see building and building and building as the season goes on. Awesome. I love to hear it. Um, Mika's advantage is you can be ready. Do we know that answer yet? Yeah, I well, in about 10 minutes here, they're taking the ice. Uh, I might even have an email actually, but uh, <laughs> I'm not looking at anything right now. But he he was on the ice with his group and in his place with his line with Booch and Kreider in the morning skate, not to the podcast, in the morning skate yeah, <laughs> uh, yesterday uh, morning on Sunday. So that was obviously a good sign. He clearly made some progress this weekend. I think he's going to be out there today, but I'll, I'll know for sure in 10 minutes. I do question, like, you know, he's going to practice maybe two or three times before that Thursday night game, and he hasn't played in any of the scrimmages. Like, will he be fully ready? They might have to watch his minutes a little bit if he does play, but it, it looks like he's trending in the direction of being ready pretty soon. Love that. And then just one last question, because I know you got to hop off and head over there. Is Igor our guy? Do you think he's going to end up getting out of the door? I know that throughout the course of this this camp, it's been kind of like each other patting each other on the back. DQ not really being like, this is our one number one guy. What do you think is going to end up happening? Yeah, Igor, Igor's the guy. We've known that from you know right. Mar- March last year. And I actually, I, I wrote about this last night. Like the beginning of the camp, I actually think the first couple of days, Georgiev outplayed him. Mm-hmm. But it's the last couple of days, Igor has been the better guy. And you, you know, he's the guy based on what we saw last year. But with that said, I definitely don't think he's going to get like 80% of the starts. I think it'll probably be more like 60 or so percent of the starts. I think Georgiev will play a lot, especially with the season being a little more condensed. Um, and, you know, Igor, he went, you know, I'm not calling him injury prone or anything, but he had a couple little hiccups last year where he had to miss time. So I think they're going to use both guys. Like they're both going to get their fair share of starts, but in, you know, a winner go home, do or die situation, Igor is a starter. Awesome. And at, one last question. I want you to I want you to fill in this blank. The Rangers make the playoffs if. Oh boy. Uh I actually so for USA Today, I put out my uh they asked me to do the East Division for their predictions this year. I had the Rangers in sixth, yep. but only two points out of a playoff spot. Yep. So Which I think it's I I can see that too, but but what do they need to do? to make the playoffs well a lot of stuff yeah there's a lot of stuff yeah yeah well what's the number one thing my 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 two my well actually i'm gonna i'll I'll do three all All right right. i'll do three (laughs) number one and quinn this has been the theme of camp i wrote a column about this last week like not only do they have to be better defensively, we know that was their biggest issue last year. Like they have, they have the offensive skill. They presumably have the goaltending, but the the defense needs to improve. Like they bleed way too many scoring chances, and and that got better in the second half of the year. But they need to keep that trend going. And not only that, but like Quinn wants them to play. Like you see what teams like Tampa do, what teams like Boston do. Like that sort of in your face, aggressive forechecking style. Like. That, like Quinn, Quinn harps on it and he kind of uses the same cliches over and over again, which I'm sure fans get tired of, but like he doesn't last year, they only had a guy like Jesper Foss who did that. Right? right. What he wants is he wants everybody on the team to just be a little bit more like that. Be a little bit more aggressive on the four check, like take away time and space a little bit more. So yeah. I just think overall they need kind of a more aggressive mentality when it comes to defending 
the entire ice. Uh, and then my number two thing would be if Igor is as good as he was in that short sample size last year, like if that 12, if that 12 game sample is what we see for a full season, I mean, that obviously boosts their playoff chances. And then the third thing is the young guys need to step up. You know, it, I think it's, it's too early to put the pressure on them. Like guys like Keandre Miller and, and Kako and Lafreniere to say like, Hey, you guys got to be really good this year. But if they are really good this year, then the Rangers, you know, could be definitely a playoff team. Well, let's hope for it, man, because that would be unbelievable if they make the playoffs this year with that young of a team. I think they're currently slated the youngest team in the NHL, I'm pretty sure, which is – Looks like it, yeah. And what's wild is, like, we talk about Howden and Heedle being kids, but they've been in the league now for a couple of years. Like, they're, they're not veterans yet. I saw that somebody wrote – I think it was you they wrote an article about Heedle. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe it was the Post. But it was talked about pretty much like how Heedle's becoming like a leader in terms of Lafreniere. And he's like, I'm still a kid, man. <laughs> but he's been yeah. a couple of years. So yeah. uh, Vince- I said that I said that to Howden the other day. I was like, I was like, dude, like this is your third year. Like it's kind of hard to like wrap your head around that. But this for guys like that, it's a little more of a make or break year because they've been around for a few years and you got all these kids coming. You know, Krotzoff will be here soon. We talked about Barron, you know, they all these draft picks in the last few years. So it's insane. Like there's still so many prospects the Rangers have that that weren't even involved in this camp that are supposed to be unreal players. It's like, yeah, yep. things are looking good, man. But hey, listen, thank you for doing everything that you do. Sincerely, from a Rangers fan, it's nice to have like one of our guys in there. You know what I mean? And, and you do a great job, and I think you do both sides very well. And uh, hey, good luck to you this year. Hopefully, they'll have you back on when the when the Rangers are making a run here. But if you guys get a chance, follow them at VZ. I, I I struggle so hard with you. <laughs> Mercagliano, Mercagliano. But Vince, thanks again, man. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, right, man? Cool, Caddy. Thanks, man. Happy to do it. Awesome.